Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank. Member FDIC. I just want to say to any women out there, I have so many friends that say like, how did you do it? What is it? I think keep swinging for the fences. Like for you and me, it's taken the fun flight to just, you don't know what the meeting's going to turn into, but go for the thing you've been thinking about or try that new class you've been wanting to try or the new book club you want to start because I feel like things evolve into something else. And I just feel like so many women gave up big jobs, maybe to raise their kids, or at least this is my experience in my neighborhood. And now they're like, okay, I've got all this energy. What am I going to do next? So I think it's, we've never been wiser, smarter, more comfortable in our bodies. Like it's such a badass place to be. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis. And this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. I'm going to assume that most of my audience is around my age. I'm 40. And you little young and continue, Rachel. (laughs) But I have known you since the first time that you showed up on TV because I was a massive fan, like truly a massive fan of Road Rules. You're so I young. I loved that show. Because I'm 53 now. So how funny. I think it was 27 years ago that that aired because I was 24. What's the math there? I'm um, not good enough I'm not that, either. But, but it was a yeah, long time well, ago. Wasn't it fun? Yeah. Well, so how in the world did that come about? First of all, thank you for watching that. Yeah, and I laugh back at the time. There was no such thing as reality TV. Exactly. I never wanted to be on TV. I never wanted to be famous. That was never my thing. I did study journalism in college, and I kind of thought I was going to get into advertising. So I'm 24 years old, and I'm living in California, 
And I don't really know what I want to do. I'm actually living in Larry David's guest house, which is a side note, which we can double back to. Uh, haven't we all? <laughs> haven't we all? Haven't we there? all, Rach? Isn't that one of those fun things? <laughs> and uh, I said to my girlfriends, let's move to London. But we had no money, nothing. And I had dragged my girlfriends. We lived in Sun Valley. We lived in Martha's Vineyard. We've done all these crazy tales that they were all ready to like settle down. And then this one friend said, hey, there's this show called Real World. And if you're, they're shooting in London. And I said, well, I'm not an actress. And they're like, no, no, no. It's like real people. No, no. She said, it's normal people. I'm like, well, I ain't normal. <laughs> um, and you know what's funny? I called 411 on my phone, Shut on up. the home which, phone. Like, kids today are not even You don't even know what, what that is. Uh, information, which by the way, you had to use sparingly because it was expensive. And they, I uh, got the number for MTV. It was an 818 number. I called. Stop. It was a voicemail. And it says, hey, if you're interested in applying, make a VHS tape, your name, your age, where you're from, and why you should be chosen. So I was like, at the time, too, so Southern. I had just moved out of the South. Yeah, because so like, where are you? Where Atlanta. Were you Atlanta, okay. And so my kids later watched some episodes on YouTube. They're like, you're so Southern. I'm like, yeah. well, at the time, I'd never lived out of the right. South. So I just said, hey, Kid Hoover, 24, from Atlanta. And um, I was like, I like to have a hell of a good time. Like, let's ride. Mailed it in. And, and didn't hear anything, of course. Long story short, moved back to Atlanta, got hired by this advertising firm, Tucker Wayne Lucky, back with my college boyfriend. And I said to my mom, I was like, you know, I just, oh, and I was back at home. I was like, I just, I don't know if this is what I'm meant to do. And I called back the number. This time somebody answered at MTV randomly. And I just said, hey, this is weird, but this is Kid Hoover. And they're like, no, no, they heard my Southern accent. And they said, is this Kid Hoover? Shut up. And I was like, what? They're like, we've been trying to track you down. You didn't put any forwarding information. I'm like, oh, shit, details. Uh, so, so they couldn't find me. This and is within wild. a week, I was my life changed. They flew me to New York, to LA. They were been like frantically looking for me. And uh, the rest is – then I'm in the Winnebago. I don't right. know what's going on. Right, They couldn't send me to London because I had no reason to get my work visa. I wasn't a student. I wasn't a model. I wasn't a race car driver, whatever they were. They're like, how do you feel about a Winnebago? And I said, oh, dude, I am in. So, But I still didn't get it. I didn't know that we were going to – I thought they hired me because I'm athletic. I didn't, I didn't get anything about the premise of what it was. Because now I'm trying to remember – you are the face that I remember distinctly. And, and the then there big was face, like, Rachel. there was a guy who had like with a the tall big guy. Hair. Yeah, with the yes, big hair. Okay. That I made out with. That's yes. Big, oh, you made out with. <laughs> so I just remember it being so fun where real world could get really intense serious. and very serious. I remember road rules being so much fun. And it was very authentic. Nothing about it was staged. The crew. And the team, Clay Newbell, who now does Shark Tank, is the one that hired me. They didn't know what they were doing. Mm, you know, so we were all cool. figuring out together. So it truly was reality TV. They just put mics on us. We're filmed 24 hours a day. And you're in a Winnebago and you're in a road trip. And, like, you're not showering. You're There's one point. Like, the whole – it was very real. When it aired back, I was like, yeah, I probably should have worked on a shower a little bit more. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Because how many, how many of you were there? Five of us. Five, okay. Five and you – was it – was it like you were traveling from one place to another? Yeah. Okay. Great call. So I didn't even, again, I didn't get the premise. So five strangers. It was Mark, the big hair, the myself, big hair. Yeah. Los, Shelly Spotted Horse, Los. and Allison, um, this cute girl that got a Kermit tattoo and became a doctor. So five of us in this Winnebago, they blindfolded us, put us on a mountain, and then they put the fear of God. They're like, guys, never look at the camera. It's reality. So don't look at the camera. So we're all like, okay. 
So they, solo, they tell us that. So all of a sudden, they blindfold us and they walk us out to a mountain, and then they take off us, our, take off the blindfold, and we're seeing these other strangers and a helicopter is whirling around us that drops a briefcase. But because they said don't look at the camera, there's a camera guy hanging on the helicopter. We're acting like the helicopter's not there, and none of us <laughs> see the first clue. And they're like, guys, you need to be. So it was uh, three months. I gained about 45 pounds. The joke was they're like, the little one's getting bigger by the second. And we were sponsored by Taco, Ball, Taco Bell and Power Bar. Yes. And I love Budweiser. And so we would drink like 12 Budweiser's a night. And so it just was not a winning combo, Rachel. And this oh is after God. college. You know but also mean? so fun. The best. What a once in a lifetime to be the first season yeah. of a show like that. I love Because when seasons went on, then things would get like weird or they would be sage or it wouldn't be as entertaining. But it really felt authentic what you it guys It was were very doing. authentic and there was no agenda to turn this into a career right. or make it something. There it wasn't like, oh, let's become famous for this or let's do whatever. It was honestly just a moment in time. But when it ended is when I think I was the oldest one in the Winnebago. So at this point now I'm 25. <laughs> I was like, okay, like now I got to get my shit together. Like I need, so I was talking to my parents and I'm like, if I could parlay this into a career now, yeah. I would like it. So I go to MTV and I kind of felt like this was a, I loved it by the end. Like I was really comfortable in front of the camera. You know what they said to me, Rachel, you need to get into sales. And I was like, well, I already sold copiers for Kodak. I've right. been in sales for, you know, right when I graduated college, like, so my point is everybody thinks it's just handed to you. Afterwards, it was like, don't let the door hit you in the ass in right. a great way. Like, right. you were awesome, but, yeah. like, they don't— Keep on trucking. Keep on trucking. Yeah. So what happens next? I went to them, and they were like, you should get into sales. And I was like, okay, that's a tough pill to swallow because I kind of—this is what I want to do. I just started hustling. I tried to find—I put a VHS tape together. I tried to get an agent. Nothing, Rachel. Uh, I did. Then finally, I met with this one head of MTV, and then they led me to a travel video with Mark where we went to Telluride and Costa Rica and all these things. It was so much fun. Then, same thing, just hustle, 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 nothing. Meantime, I met this cute boy named Crowley Sullivan, decided to move to Chicago and kind of forget about this career and lived with one of my best friends from school. And I said, I'm going to give myself a year to the date in Chicago. And if not, I'm just going to find something else to do. I wanted yeah. to write this book. I wanted to get this clothing line going. I had a thousand ideas. And a year to the date, this show, American Journal, called. And they were looking for a young reporter. And so my boyfriend at the time, now my husband, Crowley Sullivan, I was like, dude, you want to go? He's like, yeah. So we moved to New York together. And once I got that job, then uh, Fox News Channel came, Fox came, ESPN. Like the rest is sort of history. Wow. I just kept jumping. I'm just dumb enough to try stuff. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, same. so it's just. Same. I was like, where do you get it? I'm just dumb enough to take that leap. Yeah. Where I should probably look a little more. But well, I, no, I feel like a huge piece of success for anyone, and definitely for me, is just like a willingness to be like, I think I can figure I think that I can out. Figure this yeah, out. We'll yeah, we'll see what happens. Because yeah. I definitely, I remember when you got. Access Hollywood. And you've been on that for a very long time. I got it at age 40. So I'm your age right oh, now when I got this what? job. Age 40. That feels right. wild. Is that crazy? And think about it for a show like Access Hollywood, hiring a 40-year-old that, by the way, nobody was looking for. The joke is I told my agents to hold all calls, but nobody was calling, Rachel. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so at 40 years old, wow. what a massive pivot. Living in Connecticut, 
There's a whole backstory there, and now I'm 53 and at the same job. It's okay, wild. wait. Okay, no, we have to we have to unpack this for a minute. How do you feel at 40? By the way, I feel fantastic. What a life feel, you've led, my yeah, friend. I feel like this is this is the best I've ever felt. But at the same time, I am an Oprah baby. So I watched Oprah every single day after school. I was the last key kid. I came home from the time I was very little. I watched her. And I remember that every time Oprah would turn a new decade, she'd be like, y'all. It's the best one. 40s are the best. And then it would be like, 50s are the best, 60s are the best. So I remember being a little girl and thinking 40s are going to get even better every decade. So I know so many people who are terrified of their age or turning older. I was so pumped to turn 40 this I year. love, maybe because the part of this talking about my career really kind of taken off at age 40, sort of out of the blue. And now in my 50s, I love this quote by Tina Turner, to age gratefully. And if you really think about that, it's not like that I don't want to try to look good or whatever, but I'm so grateful mm. for everything yeah. from my husband, the kids, the career, my friends. It's like, it's really a cool reflection to look back because your 20s, your 30s, you're hustling yes. and you got the kids and you got the thing and you're, I don't know, you're kind of in movement constantly. Now I probably don't seem it because I'm always a little hyper jacked up, but <laughs> this is, this is peace for me. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. How, what were you doing in Connecticut and telling people to hold calls that weren't coming? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. So I had been, I had just left ESPN. Why I thought you can relate to this. Now I'm in my 30s and I have a one-year-old and a newborn and ESPN has offered me a job to host a two-hour live sports show in New York City, which is over an hour away. I've never done live TV and I've never read teleprompter. So that's a great idea. Wow. And I don't really know that much about sport. I live for sports, but I don't know it like my husband right. would die stats and who does what. And so, Rachel, a two-hour live. Do you know how long two hours live is? It's when long. you're so I've never read prompter. I've never done sat, you know, like you're interviewing, there's a pace, there's a rhythm. And the joke with that is the bosses were like, we thought you were going to pick it up a little quicker because it took like six months. <laughs> but the theme song would come on and sweat would go down my back. Oh, Meanwhile, bless. I had a new baby and a one-year-old and oh, it was just, it was a lot, but I wouldn't have this job without that. So my husband and I were in Connecticut and then that show, they decided to go hardcore sports and move the show to Bristol. Not for me. So I took a break and um, and got pregnant with my son, so my third baby. And I always thought I was going to have five kids. Then our house burned down. Shut up. I know. Whose How? house burns down? Yeah. I thought never... for sure it was something I'd done. Uh, I was pregnant. <laughs> all with that my, sin in your all life. That, all that. Pregnant with my third. My oldest daughter had her first play date without me. So I dropped her off. My uh, middle daughter, Hayes, and I went somewhere. Long story short, we weren't home Every day, like clockwork, I don't know if you're like this with your babies, Campbell and Hayes would watch SpongeBob from 2 to 3, and I'd go upstairs and lay down. Mm -hmm. I was exhausted. Yeah. I mean, we're normal people, no help, nobody's right. doing anything, right? right? So that was my thing. Apparently, at right around 2 o'clock in the room where they would watch SpongeBob every day, it was a massive explosion. Our house was built in the 20s. The baseboard heat, it was the first cold day in January. I'd cr crank the heat up. It had been cindering. There was an explosion in that room. Holy and Rachel, shit. when I tell you, like clockwork, like that was our routine, right? Like we did the morning, Mach 10, they watch their SpongeBob, mom goes upstairs, we come down and we, you know, start partying for dinner. There was an explosion. The, the whole house was gone in less than probably 10 minutes, seven minutes, they say, whatever. So I'm out with my friend, with Hayes. We go pick up Campbell. I leave my 
purse in the car because my friend was like, you're pregnant and you look starving. Can I make you dinner? My husband was out of the country. I was like, yes, please feed me. So by the time I go back, I look at my phone. It says like 170 messages. And this was a flip phone. And I'm like, what in the world? (laughs) And so as I round the corner, the street's blocked off. The news crews there. It's the biggest fire Fairfield's ever seen. And I'm like, my first thought being pregnant, I was like, oh, I've done it this time. Because I was just so absent-minded when I was pregnant. And so we lost everything we own, all the pictures, my wedding ring. I mean, sentimental stuff, the pictures or whatever. We were fine. We had no pets at the time. Campbell and Hayes were with me, my daughters. My husband's out of town. So I was like, okay. I remember in my neighbor's tub, I was laying there in my Oprah moment. And I was like, all right, God. I can handle this, but like, please don't ever hurt my people. Like, I I got this. I got it. We got it. So we got a rental and we staged it with bad Macy's furniture and we (laughs) um, had the baby. And I was kind of happy. My husband took a, he's very sentimental. It was way harder for him. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash hosting. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. This episode is brought to you by Progressive where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Whole point of this, we rebuilt and then I got a, when we rebuilt our house, took a year and a half. My husband's like, we are never leaving this house. 
Like, so we built it for us, Rachel, dumb stuff, gooseneck faucets that cost way too much money that we thought we needed, you know, heated floors throughout. We just didn't, we were like, I don't know what we were doing. And then I got this call to come interview for Access Hollywood. I only flew out just to get away from the kids and yes, have a break and yes. I had no money because we're still in the house. I hear you. Um, you know what I mean? The amount of times I'm like, yeah, I, I will go to New York yeah. for a meeting. For I a meeting. on a Zoom. I need to be there. Just so I could sleep in a bed and no one's going to wake no me up. No one's going to wake me up. Yes. And no part you. of me was moving to California. Yeah. None. None. So then, of course, the rest is history. I moved to California. We never really got to never live in our dream house. Whoa. And uh, well, so tell me like that meeting. You go in. You're just sort of like whatever. I'm just here. It's a it's an informational chat. It's an informational. And and how like how does the, does the meeting go fabulous? No, it goes horrible. Oh, you're gonna okay. love this. So I show up. I've got strep throat. I got a baseball hat on. I'm just excited to be alone in the hotel room. And I'm not kidding. I go to the meeting and this boss Rob Silverstein, who's just been wonderful to me. I'd met him years before, and so I see him again. And all of a sudden you know, when you're kind of out of the game a little bit, it's like I just wasn't ready for it. And all of a sudden, they're throwing a little makeup on me. And my boss says, Kitty doesn't need her. Just send her in. I'm like, all right. So I've got like half like half of my face done and half not. And there's all these other awesome women that I see there testing. So I'm talking to everybody, whatever. They look awesome. And they just seem like they are on point. I had a bad mat outfit from TJ Maxx that I'd thrown together. And I tanned my legs with that Jergens, And my legs were real slippery, I remember. And my <laughs> earpiece kept popping out. And they gave me a stack of papers, and they tested me with this on-talent host, I'm not going to say her name, who was not very kind to me, and she just wasn't helping me, and shit was just going south, <laughs> Rachel. Like, it just, things weren't clicking, so I was just laughing. So afterwards, I was like, well, that felt like shit, but all right. Yeah. So I um, go to leave, and Rob calls me in, and for two hours, he and this other head executive just talked to me, and I'm laughing. I'm like, guys, my self-tanner, like, I was like, this was... And then um, I just thanked them for having me. And then my agents called. They're like, they loved you. Can you fly back out? Because they loved you as a person. But how funny. Other jobs that I really wanted that I thought went great. This one I didn't want. Right. I, I didn't but I care. also think if you know anything about law of attraction or manifestation, that is it. It's that you've released. You're not like, clinging to it. You're not desperate for it. You're just sort of like whatever, whatever. And that's when things start to click. I, it reminds me, like years ago, I went to I some. They asked me to come in and test for a daytime show. What was it, it called? I bet we were up for the same. So this, I'm trying to think. It was the one that Tyra Banks did. Oh, for like a uh, minute. A my, hot, my life. Uh, no, it was like where it was like her, Chrissy Teigen. Yes, I, I love that one. What was that called? The Fab. The Fab. Yes, the Fab. So I come in and I've never done anything like that before. And they literally called me like, hey, can you be here in an hour? And I remember I had a choice. My hair looked like garbage, but so did my nails. And I had a choice. You can you have time to go to the dry bar or you have time to get your nails done. You do not have time for both. And obviously I chose my nails. Yeah. Because I that is the one <laughs> thing. If this is out of control, I feel like my life's out of control. Is it so yeah. great? So I go into this thing and I do not understand even what you're supposed to do or how it's supposed to be. And in this particular instance, they had like the two they had Chrissy and they had Tyra and then the other three slots were like open so they were slotting in other women to come in and sit there and sort of see you know vibe check yes. let's see how yes. this goes what do they call it they call it um chemistry, chemistry. yes and you so guys you were gonna be I. the uh you're like the Carrie Brown you're like the author mom uh, I had I was honestly at that point I don't even know if the books had popped off I think it was just I was a blogger and I had a really big following and so they were like oh you'll come in and kind of talk about the real life stuff <laughs> and I remember I sat down and the person the only direction they gave me before I sat down they were like just play 
first just of all, play. And I was like, what? What, what does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. And I'm super intimidated because I know these women are famous and I'm like, oh my God. And so then they said, well, we're going to have questions and everyone's just going to like talk just, about it. Just jump in. And I am Pollyanna because <laughs> I do not, I didn't understand that we're supposed to be like gossipy and like whatever. So the first question is, it's from Tyra and she goes, okay, guys, do you have more pretty friends or more ugly friends? And I was so shocked by that question. Totally. And so they start sounding off and it gets to me and they're like, okay, Rachel, how about you? More pretty friends or more ugly friends? And I was like, oh my God, all my friends are beautiful. I've never, I've literally never even thought. And every question I was just like, wah, wah. What? I was full on Pollyanna. I answered so, and I could just tell, like they were so disappointed in me. Like you idiot, you're supposed to be. I know, but I, you know what I love that about you is like to your point of going back to road rules being real. Now these shows are, you got to make noise. You right. got to say something provocative right. or you're out. Right. right? And I was and out. Like, they literally tested. They were like, oh, thank you so, so much. much. For Thanks for coming. That's like, like when I was on The View, they were trying me out and Rachel it was the same. First of all, I'm not political in the sense that yeah. I sort of like to listen to all points of right. view. I'm not combative. Right. And I was in my 20s when they were testing me out. So I had my mom, my dad, and everybody watch. They're like, oh, dude, this is a setup for you. Like, this is not your strength. So I agreed with everybody. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I Meredith. I can see that star. point. I, Barbara, excellent point. Like, I was like, <laughs> I just round the horn. I pulled a Rachel. I yeah. was like, yeah, ooh, yep, you. Yep. You're like, I'll be the therapist here. Yeah, And they're same. like, thanks for coming. Thank you so yeah. much for being here. We'll call you. So you go out, you have that. They call you. They're like, we love you. This is awesome. Yeah. And it's like done, done. They're making no, so an offer. No, then they fly me out, and they've shifted the show, and they want it to be a live. I love live now, coming from my cold pizza experience yeah. that <laughs> finally got in my blood. And what I loved about live was just the authenticity. Yeah, it's that there is no hiding. Three, two, one, and I just let it rip. It's my favorite. It was going to be a live show, and it was going to be a morning show, and it just was my dream. It's mm -hmm. what I've always wanted to do. But what's funny is so my kids were little, of course, and as I told you, the house burned down. And I said to my husband, no, we're not doing this. We're not uprooting. We were so happy in Connecticut. I've always chased everything. And as again, not looking before I leave. And for the first time, I'm like, no, I, I, as much as like, yes, it's my dream job. So he didn't say anything. And the next morning, he and I were having coffee. He was like, I've thought about something. Meanwhile, he's running two networks at ESPN. Like our life is in Connecticut. And he said, um, you got to take it. And I was like, what? He's like, not now, not in three months, maybe six months, a year. You told me when I met you at 24 years old, this was your dream job. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you're going to you're gonna regret not trying. He's like, just do it. And I'm like, what? And so I was like, all right. Wow. So then we rented this wonky house out here. And like, <laughs> oh, so you appreciate it as a mom. Two weeks to find a house and get the kids in school. And LA is impossible. impossible. It is nothing that's easy about it. Yes. So anyway, he stayed in New York. I came out with the three babies, started this job at 40. And um, one of my best friends was living in Santa Barbara. She's the best, Nadine Steger. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. I'm like, it says in this contract, I get an assistant. And it had this. So she commuted from Santa Barbara. And it was just, and we just, well, we didn't know what we were doing. Made it up. Made it up. Along. Made it up. So it and really did you tell people like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing and I need help? Or like, do you have a team? Do they tell you, this is your hair and makeup person, this is your stylist, this is, or you have to figure it out? No, I do feel like, and you probably felt like this with your stuff, a lot of it, you figure out. What I have learned is to, I'm very much a pleaser. And so in my early career, 
I'm still so grateful for everything. But in the early career, let's say at Cold Pizza, they had this makeup artist that dressed me like the greatest drag queen on Halloween. She came from theater and she liked big, bold. And I, I'm a very natural, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to hurt her feelings. And right. she was like, no. So I had like bright blue eyeshadow and all. It was literally and like the first half of my career. Fir- and I look so back I was like, and I'm like, I look like a blow. I look, and it just didn't yeah. look like me. Yeah. And I just didn't speak up. And so I did when I got there. I was like, guys, I, I, I need natural. Like it's not... I just did, it's more of my thing. So I was, and you still worry. You never want to look difficult. I don't know. It's just right. this silly right. thing. Which now I'm like, nope, this is how I like to roll. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So they hooked me up with a great team. And it's just been, but in the beginning though, definitely solo. And like, let's figure out how to yeah. navigate all yeah. of this. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org. Had you done celebrity interviews before? Yes, here and there. When I worked for Roger Ailes... I did all the celebrity interviews, and he gave me, like, my own entertainment show. Okay. So that was fun. So always, yeah, a lot of entertainment, sports, pop culture, kind of evolve, feel-good stories. Right. I remember when they tried to put me in the news division, Rachel, there was, like, they sent me to some cemetery, and I was supposed to do some stand-up, but I kept smiling. It's just not my – I'm like, yeah, welcome. And I was like, okay, I'm just – it's not my thing. (laughs) Like, this is sad. (laughs) This is sad. This is sad. I'm going to go back, yeah. Has there been anybody – in because it's what thirteen years that you've With been access, doing okay yeah. thirty in this business. But doing has there been anybody that you have been like dying inside? Even if you can sort of keep it calm on the surface, anyone that you were like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm talking to this person. I think, like honestly, I was so excited to sit with you today. I'm always very excitable and so curious about other people's things. So that never gets old. Right. The high of a big celebrity isn't there anymore, right? Yeah. I mean, but I still love yeah. when I get to sit with them and yeah. hear. It, it's become easier and, and more fun. But now, yeah, it's just more, I really just try to learn from everybody. But right. you still get that little, you know, right. it's kind of cool. Or the like, oh my gosh, this it, this person's coming and I don't know them yet, so I don't actually know how they're going to show how up they're in gonna this be, space, which is like, always interesting, I think. It's a, weird. And a lot of times, too, with the big celebrities, it could be the junket thing, which for any listener, it's like they just file you in. So it's hard to get your moment in five right, minutes. And right. so that's kind of the way. But still to look at them, they're just people. It's yeah. such a funny Totally. Thing. Totally. So you get into this job. Yes. Everything goes like gangbusters, works really well. What's the what's the transition period like? Um, and I love this. And I'll, I'll tell you the intention in asking the question. I think there's something so important about talking about things starting at 40, especially for women. Um, There's a great book called From Strength to Strength. Yeah. Yeah. If you haven't read it, I highly recommend. But this idea that you are going into the second half of your life with wisdom, with resources, with information. And most people think, oh, I'm okay. I'm halfway through. So I'm done. When in actuality, you're halfway through. So you're just getting started. Just getting started. I love that you said that. And I feel like that now in my 50s, even more for me than my 40s. I've always been a late bloomer. So I think maybe my 50s or my 40s. Yeah. But I really, there's something so poetic about it. And everybody asks me always about the kids with that because they've always been my priority. So I always say to all women out there, make your kids your priority. It doesn't mean don't work. 
doesn't mean you got to be a helicopter parent. It's just there's a feeling they get when they know they're the priority. Right. As I'd put, it's a feeling. Right. It's you're fully present with them, with whether they're calling you or you're doing he- or whatever it is. So that part's been great because I was like, how do you have? I mean, I shouldn't say it because as soon as you talk about your kids and a good thing, right, it all goes <laughs> they off the rails. Knock over a liquor but store. right now yeah. they they seem joyful and well adjusted, and they're my favorite people on the planet. So when I got this at forty, I just want to say to any women out there, I have so many friends that say like, how did you do it? What is it? I think keep swinging for the fences. Like for you and me, it's taken the fun flight to just, you don't know what the meeting's going to turn into. But go for the thing you've been thinking about or try that new class you've been wanting to try or the new book club you want to start. Because I feel like things evolve into something else. And I just feel like so many women gave up big jobs, maybe to raise their kids, or at least this is my experience in my neighborhood. And now they're like, okay, I've got all this energy. What am I going to do right. next? Right. So I think it's we've never been wiser, smarter, more comfortable in our bodies. Like it's Go such a it. badass place to be. Yeah. Do you have ideas or goals or like are there still things, are there still mountaintops you're aiming at? Haven't even hit it yet. I feel yeah. like I haven't even started the climb. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Do you know I, what it is? No. Cool. Which is so neat. That's why I love with your books and stuff. I feel like there's something brewing. Yeah. Uh, talking to other women who have done it and mm-hmm. where they are and how they did it. Because there's no formula. No formula. It's a feeling and a vibe and pushing yourself when you need to push. You're a runner now too, aren't you? Yeah. And when actually, did you start? It's so funny because when I was looking, the company I use who helps me with booking, they had sent over all these people. And I know your name, obviously. Like I've always known your name since I was a teenager and so watching the show. And I was like, oh, at, what I tend to judge it by is, is there any curiosity? Do I have curiosity about this conversation? And what are we going to talk about? And it's so silly because as soon as I got to the line that you run, I was like, done, we're in, we're done. In. Okay, yes. when did you start? So I started, my uh, third son is 11, and I started after he was born. It was how I got healthy again after being pregnant with him. So and how old were you then? I can do math. I was 29? I love 30? this. Yeah, 29. Okay, and how did it go for you, like starting uh, off? Uh, so it went really well, actually, and not because it felt good, because it didn't. I, w- I did not grow up as any sort of athlete. I had always sort of felt like I don't know how to do this. My body felt kind of like sluggish. I am. I would tell myself, I am not a runner. I don't know. And I thought if I tried to run a mile, I'd die. Like I'd just fall down on the sidewalk <laughs> and die. But my husband at the time had run a half marathon. And I was so inspired by that. And I wanted to do it. And so I thought, well, I mean, I guess it's just one foot in front of the other and you just try and see what happens. So I did, I think, what most people do, which is like, well, I'll just try and run a quarter of a mile. Love it. And then I'm going to add a little bit more and I'm going to add a little bit more. And do you go as- with music? Have to have, have to. Have I just I tell okay, keep going. Yeah. So for me, it's such an example of if you just keep stacking one win on top of another, you're gonna build up to a place you didn't think was possible. And when you pass those big mileage markers where you're like, oh my God, I just ran nine miles. Yeah. yeah. It's you shock yourself. And I have this theory that the way that you change your life permanently is that you do something that surprises you. And, and running was that for me. You do the one step in front of the other. Like running running is such a metaphor for life. Yes, yes. To your point, the big things come from just moving, yeah. from just going yeah. the quarter of the mile to nine miles. Yes. Like it's a – and you can re- you feel it and you see it. And yep. 
I'm the same with you. I run for my mind. It has yes. nothing to do with my body. It's the best therapy. And God, I will say my 50s, things are starting to ache a little bit. I'm like, hey, ho. <laughs> Stop it. I'm trying yeah. to injure myself from sleeping. I'm like, but it's like, um, it's just my religion. Yeah. It's just clear head, and clear mind. you run mind. your whole life? My whole life. Oh, so cool. I actually posted this really funny video. I've been running since I was four years old with my dad. And, you know, you never realize sort of your blessings if you grow up with them and that's all you know. So my mom, dad, and brother, like, I mean, I just grew up on third base, like with these always empowering me. My dad's nickname for me when I was little was Junkyard Dog from the Jim Croce song, <laughs> Bad, Bad, Leroy Brown, yes. Meaner Than a Junkyard Dog, for my grit and toughness. Mm. So if you think about how cool that is, and I'm freakishly small, I was never, growing up, nothing was ever about my looks or about anything. It was more about being kind, being humble, working hard, and my toughness in sports. Cool. And I thought, in that, but it's all I knew. So I was getting all of that from my dad and my brother. He's a runner, too. He ran at University of Florida. I ran at University of North Carolina. And my mom, who's a good athlete. And it just was, it's all I knew. That's so right. I didn't get that that was, and back in the 70s, nobody was running. So I think we were definitely like the weird family, right? Mm. Like, what are, you, what are you doing? Yeah. And so it really, I think, set a great foundation for me and any low points in my life, a run always helps me high or low. I don't know. It just kind of centers yeah. me. And you've done marathons and like the whole done marathons. Cool. Um, I've done, those are too long for me now. Now, yeah. Rachel, I'm yeah. a 30 minute I'm like, yeah. I'm in and yeah. I'm out. Well, I do. I actually don't even really push very hard for super long mileage anymore. It's more just the feeling, right? So I do Friday fun run. Love. Where I'm just going to go do three miles or four miles, something simple. Just like get out there, move my body, listen to great music, come back and just feel energized. And I also, I don't even know if I'd call it a run because I'm jogging. I'm jogging. Yeah, I'm not sprinting. I used to be I'm a runner. To go I'm a for jogger. Time. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a jogger. It's so funny. It's so good. Um, there is something weird that happened to me at your age though, you little youngin. At 40, I was in New York doing press for Access I just so I got the jobs. So we're in New York and I'm running Central Park. And if anybody's running Central Park, there's tons of runners that yes. go around the big loop. So I just go to pass this guy, but I'm not trying to race. But as I go to pass him, Rachel, he locks in with me and starts running. So then I pick up my pace. He does. Now, I'm a grown woman. I'm 40 years old. I am not in great shape. But something kicked in like the athlete in me. And this joker and I take off. We never look at each other. And we do the full six-mile loop. I don't know how much I've already run. Stop. I am not in good shape. I'm not ready for this. But I'm not, I don't know what happened. And so finally, he peels off. So like, and I keep going. And then I start like puking. Like, I'm like a mess. And so I called my husband. He's like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, I don't know. Something just like tacked in. And I was like that race in me, like that internal whatever. How funny. And, but he, I love it. This grown man who was probably in his 30s, and we just locked in and just went for it. And I want the, the end of the story to be like, and that man was Tom Cruise. <laughs> and that man, well, you know what? That man was Howard Stern. Exactly. I always saw Howard running. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> then he dipped me and gave me a kiss. Right. An innocent kiss right. on the lips. And I never saw oh, him again. Oh, my gosh. I know. I remember one time I was taking a boot camp class after having my second son. I'd never done anything like that before. But the instructor would give we'd be doing things. It was a co-ed class. And then be like, all right, girls, you can go put up your weights. Guys, like do, you know, keep holding it or like do 20 more or whatever. And I would always do what the guys were you doing. And the guys would like 
like roll their eye. I remember seeing some some of those dudes at a party later, and they were like, "Oh, you're that chick that always does Goes the, the reps with," but not in a way that they not were in proud a good of way. me. But like, hell stop. yeah, you are. and I was like, "Yeah, because why? <laughs> I don't need to." Is so ridiculous. I love that stuff. I remember I took a kickboxing class right after my second child was born, and I was in the front, and I'd done it a couple times, so I knew the, the rhythm, and I'm not good with dance or any of that. But this one, I was like, I had the moves down. And Rachel, it's so funny. For some reason that day, I got put in the front of the class. I think I was late. And I could see everybody like staring at me. And I was like, mama is back. And I'm like squatting and kicking. What I didn't know is I had a giant hole in the back of my pants and no underwear. So these people are getting full fanny gizzard shot. And I'm I'm squatting (laughs) and kicking. And I'm like, mama's back. And mama's not. That is is 100% something I would do. Where I'm like, ooh, they want me. They want me. Oh, you see me front row. And meanwhile, like my milk was coming in. I had baby. Great baby body. Well, like, I mean, I bet it was a good class. Though. It was a great class. Through yeah. some good calories. And when that. I saw this whole too, I, the whole class, and I, I just turned around and we started dying laughing. I mean, it was oh, hysterical. You're like, thanks. Hey, thanks, people. Guys, Same time tomorrow. Show. Yeah, I'll be here. <laughs> you are still running today. Still running. You're doing the jogs. You're doing. What are some of the other things that you're doing to keep the energy? Because I think we can all feel like the vibrancy. I think you'd see it when you're on TV. Like there's an energy in you. That's something you have to curate. And that's something that you have to be mindful of. So are there practices you have in your life that help you to keep that vitality? Um, first of all, thank you. I love – it's funny how people view you, right? Because mm. I only I don't know if I see myself like that. Are you serious? Yeah. Like oh, I hear it wow. over and over, but it's just yeah. how we're – wired. I think my mom, dad, and brother are wired this way. I think what's interesting is my new reflection is to try to slow down. I'm trying to uh, be still a little more. How's that going for you? Not great. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really with everything. It's helping my marriage. I want to be a little take a I just want to take a beat and mm-hmm. let people I'm very ah let's yeah. go everybody Mach 10 I always say I'm all gas no brakes um, and I'm trying to take a step back and actually it feels wonderful Good. my kids are a little older than yours so Campbell's 21 Hayes is 20 and my son Crowley's 16 and so with my daughters who are just flying it's so neat to kind of also still parent but more of a mentor like mm-hmm. let it kind of settle and I don't know it's in my husband it's funny when I step back he steps up and I'm like oh that's actually awesome yeah. like weird learning curve here mm-hmm. we go 28 years mm-hmm. together so that's sort of my new peaceful part more reading more podcasts when yeah. listen to you thoughtful things smaller friend group I don't do well in a giant party where I got to be on the time. I'd like a small group around where we can yeah. just hang. Yeah. I guess just more substance mm. and more time with my mom and dad. Are your parents still alive? They are. Oh, yeah. Are you close with them? No. Oh, t- what? Tell me. <laughs> How's that translated to your children? Oh, it is a completely different um, experience. And I think I am very conscious of breaking that generational cycle of it being something completely different than yeah. I experienced. In every way. I remember a therapist telling me this years ago because I I was pregnant with my first son and I was really concerned that I was going to be a bad mom. And he said, no, you actually have an example of what not to be, which sometimes is as powerful as an example of what you want to try and emulate. Yeah. The kids are amazing. And our family is the best part of my life. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was actually just talking to my 15-year-old about this the other day. He plays, he's a big athlete, plays sports, and he's exhausted because the school year's just started. He's playing all the sports, and so he's coming home, and he's grouchy. And he's like, I I was driving him to school yesterday. I said, hey, buddy, I just want to give you something to think about that I totally get this. And it is a natural human thing to accidentally give the best of yourself to your friends and to the people who are public facing. But this family is going to be the foundation of your life for your entire life. And so we need to try and do our best to give this core group some of our best. You don't have to do it every single day, but at the very least you want to be conscious and not walking in the room and like being grouchy and being mean to your little brother. I love that. And he was like, I see that. Okay, yeah, I'm going to work on it. Because now what you've built to me, everybody asks about success, and success to me is them. Their happiness, Campbell, Hayes, and Crowley being full individuals that like themselves and are joyful and driven and all of that means that I, that to me is how I define right. my success. Right. And as you know, it's those, it's hard work. Yeah. It is hard Absolutely. work yes. to be a good parent. Absolutely. And there's no rule book. You could read a thousand books. It's doing the best you can and with the vibe. And so it's what I love. But when I think about you, I really got handed, again, born on third base. I got, I woke up every morning, Rachel, when I come downstairs, my mom, we call her Bug. She was the maid of honor in my wedding. I was your greeted. Your mom was your maid of honor. Maid of honor. Yeah. I, this is what I was <laughs> greeted with. A, Woo! Morning. Every day was a great day. Chocolate milkshake, peanut butter and bacon sandwich, frosted flakes. She met me after school. She ran two businesses. I went through, cra- you know, whatever phase I did, never critiqued me, guided me. But I see a lot of moms that are very, so I try with my daughters, never comment about my weight, my hair, my makeup. It was all so positive mm-hmm. and like, I just got so, again, so it's all I know. And then to have a dad that never made it about finding a man, and I'm from the South, getting married. Right. He wouldn't let me make my debut because he was like, you come out for nobody. Like, you choose who you want. And at the time, all my friends, and he just was, but I didn't realize, you only know what you know. Yeah. And so it was, in fact, what's funny, when I got the job at Access Hollywood, Rob Silverstein, the boss I was telling you about, you know what the first thing he said to me when he hired me? He's like, you know what's great about you, Kit? And I was like, what? Here we come. I'm not hiring you based on your looks. And at first I was like, You're like oh, wait a that? minute. And, <laughs> but then years later, I was like, that was such a compliment. Like, thank you. And I tell my daughters that all the time. I was like, your looks, your least interesting thing about you. Like, be kind, be humble, be hardworking, be, be funny, funny, be funny. smart. Yes. The other thing I love with girls, especially, but and boys, is please be able to laugh at yourself. Yes. Like, come on. Don't take Life yourself is, so seriously. Don't take yourself so seriously. Yes. Life is hard. Life is this. Please have a good sense of humor about yeah. yourself. Yeah. And you win. Yeah. It's not self-deprecation to the point where it's negative. It's like, just be able to laugh at yourself. So the girls, are they in college now? Yes. And they went to the same school. I don't oh, know how I did cool. this, Rachel. Okay. I don't have a sister. And they are best friends. Oh, I have an older brother who I just adore. But for sisters, their names are Campbell and Hayes. They're basically Irish twins. This one knows them. They are full of fleas. I call them wild. My mom says, honey, don't say that. Say they are spirited. Um, <laughs> but they are really bright. Like, just if I brag as a mom, but just so you know this because they're very wild. But, like, they both made Dean's List, but they go out nine nights a week. And I was like, <laughs> that's what mom is looking for. <laughs> 
I've said, when in doubt, Work go hard, out. Play hard. Yes, honestly. <laughs> when in doubt, go, go out. out. That's what I told him. Because when you're in college yeah. once, and I said, never turn down late night food. And you got it. Like, do it all. Like, my mom had the unibrow, and I had the best time. And my giant, my camel toe and my jeans were tight. And like, just have fun. Like, don't oh, worry wow. about all of that. You got one shot at that. And did they go away? Oh, Are they out so of anyway, state? Yeah, so they're okay. at University of Wisconsin. They're Badgers. Was I love the stressful? Midwest. No, I it wasn't say, stressful for them to go. I think, well, Campbell went in COVID that was weird. And then Hayes got in, we call her butter side up, my middle one, because she got into all these schools because nobody was applying that year because nobody would spend the money. Oh, yeah. So Rachel, she was going to schools that she's, you know. And so we're like, butter side up, put another one up on the board. <laughs> and so when she chose, I wanted her to go separate because they're so close and I just thought it'd be great, but they're very different. And then my husband's like, no, this is gold kit. Yeah. And so he's so right. So they have their total separate lives, but they have each other. That's awesome. I know all these parents asked me about like drop off. My husband was sobbing. He's very emotional. I I wasn't, I think I was so excited for their next journey yeah. and knowing that they were ready. Yeah. And so, and now with the cell phone, which we didn't have, right. you couldn't keep in contact at all. Right. I know every, you know, yeah. they call me all the time. Yeah. And so it's And so fun. your youngest is in what grade? Okay. So Crowl, the king. King Crowl is 16. Okay. And hates being home alone with his sisters gone, right? Because yeah. my husband and I just stare at him. Um, and he's he's just... <laughs> Take DNA, DNA samples. Yeah. Like, and I was laughing because we're, we're doing your podcast in your back house here. It's so great. We have a little back house at our house. But my son has turned it into a place he calls the swamp. And all his friends come over. And it's bad parenting 101, Rachel. So we have the swamp. <laughs> so once I get that out, he's just... He's my last one at yeah. home. And so yeah, that will be weird. I'll talk to you when he's gone. Yeah. But for now, it's just... yeah. I just love their next chapters. My oldest is graduating and like So is he a senior this year? Uh so sorry, my youngest is a junior in high oh, school. Right, right. My oldest daughter is a senior from college. Yeah. She's about to adult. Oh my god. And that I've got to figure out how to shut off the Apple Pay and the Amazon. Right, I don't know how to do that right. yet. Not yet. And DoorDash yeah, yeah, yeah. and Uber and yeah. they are killing me, I know. Rachel. No, believe me, my teenagers all the time are like, Can I get DoorDash? I'm like, Yeah, you have money? You have money. Do you have money? They're like, No, mom, you're I'm like, No, 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 no. You, this is why you have money, is for this. Think thing. about how successful you are and you've done it all yourself with nothing like what they get off that little app and i, I can't turn off because i order amazon right i don't know how to do it and right. then the apple pay they figure out what That's i don't a, know it's like monopoly money it's, it's not real they don't even them. know what's going on so it's I, my um my son went to go to the mall with one of his friends and he came home and he said mom it costs 17 dollars to park at the mall i'm like <laughs> I know. I know. That is why you babysit to make money yep. so that you can park at the mall, bro. Like, that's what it and is. what about any of your kids' coffee drinkers? No, not yet. Oh. I so – I know this is not, like, good parenting, but I cannot wait until my kids drink coffee. I mean – It's my favorite thing in the world. First of all, I live for it. And it clearly, same. I don't need it. But it's so expensive, and I laugh that my daughters are just like, yes, I'll have the double-double grande blah blah for $17. And right. I'm like – Who's money? Who's, who's buying who's this? Money? Where are you getting yes, this? Exactly. And so I cannot wait for that. And I'll do what my parents did, which is you were completely cut off. But you're not, I mean, let's be clear. You know you have a safety net, but right. show us what you got. We did an interview last week with Arthur Brooks, who yeah. wrote the Strength to Strength book. And he was talking about how characteristics are genetic. So we know this with addiction, right? Like if you have addiction in your family, you have a higher chance of becoming an addict or an alcoholic. And he was saying it was the same thing with 
you know, like his family tends to run towards melancholy and maybe your family tends to run towards exuberance. Yeah, Yeah, honestly. Which, by the way, it's not that great because like there has to be a middle room for everything. There's got to be a balance. Yeah. We're working on that balance. It occurred to me as I was sitting with him like, oh, my kids are so self-motivated. They are so driven. And I'm always like, I do not know where they get it. So my oldest son is the greatest student you've ever met in your life. He so deeply cares about school from the time he was a little boy, wanted to go to an Ivy League college. Like that is his number one goal. And I genuinely wish that he would go backpack for a year and like smoke pot. Yeah, That is what I actually think would be best for him. He will never do it, but that is what I think would be best. (laughs) Right. But I was talking to Arthur about this and I was like, I don't know where he get. I wasn't a good student. He was like, you don't know where he gets yeah. the Hello? drive? Hello? He just picked school. You are the model. He just picked school. And my second son is an athlete. Same thing. Same thing. So because it wasn't what I'm into, I assume, oh, this just like came out of the air. Nope. And he's like, no, they're watching you. you work hard. They're watching your dedication. And that's what they're pulling from. They're watching your passion, your dedication. Yeah. I would say make your mess your mission too. Right. Like whatever you're into is going to go. My favorite thing with kids, I just love a little bit of discipline in whatever it is that moves you, right? Right, it's Like passion and discipline. I, I love that combo. I always say, and my daughter who was studying abroad, she's like, mom, every time we toasted a cocktail, we had you and Bug in our head saying, life is not a dress rehearsal. I'm like, well, put down the champagne like, <laughs> that I'm paying for. But my mom growing up always said, life is not a dress rehearsal. Like make it count. Mm. And I have failed way more than right. I've succeeded. Same. But what is failure when you come home to your beautiful right. kids, right? right? It's like, so if this all goes away, my life really does not change yeah. at all. Yeah. I'd find something. I'd be at your doorstep, right? right. Just saying, I've got an idea for I you and me yeah. to do a new Let's project. A thing. <laughs> yeah. So what is, I'm always curious, like for someone who's operating at your level, what's a day look like? I naturally wake up at about 6 a.m., uh, get my coffee. My first thing I do is call Bug. She lives in Raleigh, North Carolina. Our biggest tragedy is that we're not close, and my dad's in Atlanta. He's my second call. They got divorced after 40 years of marriage, after Whoa. a blissful marriage, and they both ended up with their first loves. Whoa. How about that for a good wow. story? plot twist. Plot twist. So we'll get into that. So I talk to my mom, dad, and brother every day, but Bug's my first call, and we talk about everything and nothing. And then um, I work out. So it's either a run which is usually my favorite. I, my husband got me that Peloton during mm-hmm. COVID. Mm-hmm. I don't like a bike thing, but damn, is that thing good. It's good. Now I'm into it's it. It's really good. And 30 minutes. Who yeah. can't do 30 minutes? Right. Even if I get on it, I'm like, I'm just going to pedal slow. All of a sudden, a good song comes mm-hmm. or whatever it is, or go on a walk. Mm-hmm. So I have to get air. Sunshine. Yeah. As soon as I come down to, my husband makes fun of me, I open all the doors. Same. I don't. I have to Same. have... Air. air. I can't be. Uh, when you like go away on vacation, you come back to your house. I, as soon as we walk in, we're like, ah, yeah. it's so stale in yeah. here. Yeah. Same thing. So I call all that and then I work out and then I head to the studio. And where do you live? I live in La Cunada. Okay. Yeah. I used yeah. To, I lived in Glendale forever. So you're right over there. Yeah. I wanted, very stressful, to move to California when you ask people where to live. <laughs> and everybody gives you a thousand mm-hmm. from... Manhattan Beach right. to commute from Encinitas to Malibu to yes. Brentwood to yes. Beverly Hills yes. to Studio City. I was like, they're giving, I'm like, where, where are these places? Like, I don't right. know what's going on here. And you guys tape in the valley? So we tape in Universal. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. So then I go to work. Nice. And um, do the two shows and then extra interviews, whatever, and then home to make dinner. And then that's usually where, um, I, as soon as I get home, I usually shut off for 20 to 30 minutes where I just kind of lay still. Yeah. Which has been my new thing that I really like. Again, Are you try taping to taping five days a week? 
five days a week. So you're on. On. Which is like, this is something that not everybody will understand how different the energy is when you are on. Like when there is a camera present versus if you and I were just sitting here hanging out, it's a different energy that's required of your body. And at least for me on days that I'm shooting, it, it is a bit of like a Oh, even if it was amazing and we had a great time and we're there's just a different energy when there's Thank you this here. for saying that. Yeah. I think everybody thinks like, oh, it's just you're it's a no. it's a lot of output. Mm-hmm. And so I have to make sure that I get a lot of input. And so the great thing is I've always been kind of a nester. So usually the weekends I'm not very social. My husband right. and I go on walks and I hang with the kids and I work out and yeah. we've gotten into binging our shows that we love and I love to read. So it's just kind of mm-hmm. To be on when I don't have to be on, yeah. is it's definitely after all these years gets a little draining, yeah. but also addicting. I don't mean in the bad word addicting, but it's also great. When, it, when I'm on vacation, I'm like, yeah, I got to get back to that studio. Right, like, right. I need, well, I'm, ready, I'm ready to go. There is something really helpful too. Like the flip side of it is if you're having a day, at least for me, if I'm having a day where I'm feeling a little slow or I'm feeling like kind of like wah, wah, and I have to go be on. Yeah. It's like a fake it till you make it. Because yep. you have to force yourself to be in the energy. And when you do that, you get into the energy, yeah. which is a really good feeling if you're sort of needing that push today. And I just want to compliment you. You're a very good interviewer. Interviewing skills are hard. You have to tap in and fully listen. Right. You don't have a card in front of you. Right. You're going off, what do I really want to know this? That is so much harder than people think. Right. I remember when I started out, I was like, dude, I'm going to go right down my card. Like, how are you, Rachel? <laughs> how many kids do you have? You know, like you're panicky. Right. You're thinking of your next question, where you're going. It's a very interesting, and if you're live and the whole yeah. thing. So it's been a fun journey. But yes, sometimes with my husband, It'll be a Friday night, and I was like, I, I don't think I can uh, even talk. I got nothing yeah. left to give. Well, or if you're sitting with someone in an interview, not everybody can do an interview on no. the other side. So they give you a one-word answer, and you're like, oh, Dig God, it. we got an start, hour. Start, yeah, like, start. please. <laughs> so on our show, I don't know how many people we interview a day, five on the show, five, six guests. So for each one, I really go out of my way. They're in our home yeah. to be fully present. Right. And it's also, now that we're not live, I'm talking to them right before we go on. Yeah. How are like, yeah. So it's a lot of da 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 And so when they're not... It, when they're not present or you're not getting anything back, it's more exhausting. I don't know where you are, any backstory. But for me, I was talking, my girlfriends and I are constantly talking about alcohol now and how it's really not working for no, us it's anymore. Not, yeah. It's a funny thing. It is. I re- loved it in my 20s. Mm-hmm. Lo- it was my glass of patience, right. 12 glasses my of glass patience. Of with patience. My glass of patience. With my daughter's bath time went great when they were little. I got that glass of patience <laughs> yep. about 3.30 in the yep. afternoon with my girlfriends. Yep. But then Ford, it's just, it doesn't taste good. It, it's just so right. funny. We right. were at the LAFC game last night, and like my cold beer tasted great that I sipped on. But yeah. in general... It's like, ugh. Well, I feel like hopefully we get to a place where we're mature enough that we know, like when I started really going a week at a time, not having a drink, because during COVID, I'm not going to lie. Well, that's all we had I to had do. A, I like to call a VLC. That's a vodka LaCroix. <laughs> I had a VLC every night of COVID. We were all just all like, we had to do. Yes. So I definitely had to come out of that and go, okay, we need to calm down. But when I started to go for a week at a time and just really get clear, like not have any alcohol and wake up in the morning and you're like your brain's firing and you're like oh Oh. this is what it feels like and part of that is frustrating because you're like damn it that was so I didn't need the reminder that I will feel better if I don't have a glass of wine but it really does make such a difference and wait 
I hate to sound like Oprah, like way no, too older, it. but right. I will say in the fifties, it was even like as the forties were still good. Right. It literally, I will have like a worse headache or wake up just feeling awful. Yeah. And I'm like, after one drink, right. I'm like, well, that's weird. Yeah. They say some of these hormones, I don't know what's going on with menopause. Yeah. Woo. Are you, have you gone through menopause? I don't know what's okay. going on. I feel okay. But I think it's happening. I am, I mean, I'll Are give you, you having I'm, night sweats? No, I'm not. And I am for sure perimenopausal, but unfortunately that can last from 10 to 15 years. Like it's a, such a women joke. go through? Come on. Dear God. It's so ridiculous. I read the list about the para thing. Right. It's perimenopause and they were like right. night sweats, right. dry tootle, uh, <laughs> yeah. more hair on the rest of your body, <laughs> terrible headaches, yes. no sex drive. Yes. I was like, well, Come this sucks on. Right. ass. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> no. The, uh, but I mean, I'm but like, what? I do. Part of me is like, I cannot wait until menopause is done done the fact that we can't just shut it off when we're done with it is such a failure of our speed like i just wish we could be like we're not gonna have any more babies and don't you think if men had this it'd already be a pill they for it we'd it. have it figured they would have fixed it and so similar to like when i moved to california and everybody gave me a thousand different places as i'm going into menopause i mean i'm 53 it's got to be happening Everybody's got a different opinion. No, right. get this pellet, get this patch. Don't take this. Do this pill. Don't like. Ha! Of course, I asked my mom, Bug. She goes, "Oh, honey, no, you just roll through it. It's just one of those things. <laughs> like, there's no secret pill." Can I start calling Bug in the morning? Wait, honestly, you guys got to tell her if you were Rachel, she would take you under your wing. You would then go visit her in Raleigh, and on your bed would be a new pair of pajamas, like ten different magazines she think you might like. Like uh, she loves magazines still, I do too. Uh, you'd be getting handwritten notes in the mail and like weird purchases from TJ Maxx. Like she once sent my one assistant like weird lingerie, and I'm like, Mom, she goes, no, honey, it was cute colors. It was like a <laughs> like she is the best. Aww, like she's a little yeah, little so nugget special. of wisdom. This is where we're all trying to get to is to be like bug. To be like bug. Yeah, yeah. I want to hang out with you forever and talk to you forever. Well, we're Friends, regardless. Friends. This is my first done. podcast doing. No way. Yeah. This is your first one? Yes. You were perfect. <laughs> and I want to be conscious of time because you have to get over to the studio to do your job. Um, well, let me know anytime. Yes. Come back to talk more this, parenting. Absolutely. Anything. This was such a treat. For people who are listening, they want to catch more of hanging out with you. Tell them all the places to find you. I don't know. What do they do? I am on social media, which I'm not great at. The show's Access Hollywood, Access Daily. I don't know. Check your TV. But I'm thinking about which is uh, the most crowded market for podcasts for what you're doing. Yeah. Strictly for me, because I find it fascinating yeah. to launch this thing called yeah. The Hen House, because um, I want to interview women over 40 that are hitting yeah. their stride. 100%. So you have to be my first guest. I would love that. Right? And can I tell you the secret to succeeding at a Please. podcast? Just keep doing a podcast. Yeah. So I heard recently a statistic that something like 2% of podcasts, 2% will ever do more than 10 episodes. Everyone's like, it's such a crowded market. It's so hard. I'm like, no, you did six episodes and then you stop. Yeah. If you just keep going, you show up consistently, you show up on the same day every week, and you just keep doing episodes. Because we started this in 2017. That's what it was telling and me. And it had to be 2018, almost 2019. And we had just kept doing episodes. We didn't even know how to check our numbers. We didn't know if anyone was listening. We just kept going. And then all of a sudden, agents started calling going, hey, we'd love to rep you for the podcast. And we were like, what? Why? See, and then someone was like, do you know how many listeners you have? And I was like, no. Because <laughs> we just were focusing, put your head down, do good work, do work that you want to see in the world, and you will find your audience. See, I love that. And isn't that the best advice 
for your kids. I think Absolutely. everybody wants the quick fix now. Like, put me on the podcast. I'm gonna right. It's like, no. And that's the thing. I just want to put my head down yeah. and talk to cool yeah. people because the format that we work in now is very short form. Mm-hmm. So it's a 10-minute interview. If I, right. And I want to go deeper and just hang right. out. And well, next time I'm wearing my comfortable yes, shoes, please. I'm going to get my coffee. I know. And, um, I was barefoot when Amanda got here and I put my shoes on dude, to be that's, more professional. We're going barefoot right. next, next time. Next time. In pajamas. In pajamas. Bugs coming. Dying. Yeah, oh, wait. perfect. I should bring bugs. She'd she be should wonderful. be your first. She should be your first guest. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, she should be your first guest. That's I want to listen to you guys talk. She's really rattled breast cancer, divorce, death. She's had everything in her life and just she's a little angel. You know what she does all day? Sorry, we'll get off a bug. But this is why I think she's so happy. She does little acts of kindness for everybody all day long, but not out of she doesn't want to be rewarded for it. What makes so you go there and there's lemonade in the mailbox for the mailman that, of course, she knows his name's Jeffrey and she takes his picture so we can mail him to his girlfriend. Her husband now is dying, which is sad. He's 97, but she knows everybody in the home. So she's like, Well, honey, I got to go to Costco because Richard, and he's the guy that like cleans up there, his son needs a new lamp and he liked this one at Costco and it's got a flip switch. So she's, you know, that's her life. You know, Aww. the bank teller is coming over to chop up her, her macho ferns because they're expensive and they can take half like it's that she just loves people 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 and it's so great she says do as much as you can for as many as can as long as you can and her grandmother pie always says you never look down on anybody unless you're offering them a hand up Mm -hmm. this is how i grew up yeah fun little southern women for you i love that thank you okay let's go thank you no you're great (laughs) this was awesome The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. It's your time. Join global thought leader, executive producer, and New York Times bestselling author T.D. Jakes and today's leading culture shifters for an experience unlike any other. At the 2024 International Leadership Summit, spiritual and business leaders can gain the practical tools they need to maximize their timing for success. With world-class discussions, breakout sessions, and networking opportunities, this is where your dreams turn into reality. Timing is everything, and your time is now. March 21st through 23rd in Dallas, Texas. Register today at thisisils.org.